0: Welcome to Central Valley Volley Talk, a podcast for all volley in the valley with your hosts, Kelsey Montagna and Kieran Robley serving it up for you.
1: And welcome back to Central Valley Volley Talk with your hosts Kelsey Montagna
2: and Kieran Robley. And we have a head coach of the boys and girls program at Clovis High. Richard Lake is joining us. Welcome, coach.
0: Hey, guys. How you doing?
2: Excellent. We're super excited to have you um we know that you have a full plate uh you are a coach that is as i mentioned head coaching both the boys and the girls uh running a club Mm -hmm. and maybe on the horizon soon um for your your school potentially some girls high school beach volleyball so we're glad you had we're surprised you actually could squeeze us in
0: (laughs) well i'm glad to be here uh this is awesome what you guys are doing for for valley uh with the podcast and what you guys are doing over there in Fresno city with the volleyball program there as well.
2: Yeah. So we'll give uh, our listeners uh, a little background on coach Lake. Um, I was Lake back in 95 uh, when I was coaching at Clovis high, the girls, and I, I had been doing the boys had a great experience, but unlike him, it was a lot for me. <laughs> so I said, eh, I just going to focus on the girls. And so I met this young coach, both of us weighed a lot less back then, um, Coach Lake, and he's been the boys' coach since uh, the uh, spring of 96. So long tenure at Clovis High. He's also an alumni of Clovis High, where he uh, was a two-sport athlete, standout in basketball, and volleyball. Volleyball, he was a jack of all trades, wherever the coach put him. Who was your, who was your coach back then?
0: Uh, Cheryl Floth. Oh, oh, gosh, I do remember that name yeah she's uh currently a principal at mickey cox elementary but um she coached me all four years in high school my first year she was the jv coach and then the next three years she was my varsity coach
2: yeah you so you had to sprinkle the infield a little bit little setting little outside hitting little middle wherever you were needed uh for the cougars where he was also uh They call it the Sassano Blanket Award winner, which goes to the most outstanding uh, male athlete. They have one for the female athlete also during his time at Clovis High. And then he went on to uh, Cal State Northridge to play and then uh, piggybacked over to Pierce Community College, product of Community College, Mm -hmm. where he won a state championship. Did you have any other locals with you on that team, Coach?
0: You know, uh, there were a few of us. Uh, Rob Beard was on that team with me. Uh, Matt Nepper, who was another Clovis High guy, and uh, Peter Blyde, who was another Clovis West. So there's two guys from Clovis West and two from Clovis High on that team.
2: Nice. Valley was represented. And I think that's, you know, the case, uh, you know, for our, I mean, you can probably elaborate more than I can. You know, we don't have a program at Fresno City for the men. Uh, Fresno State has a men's program, so the the men have to go out of the area to play. Um, And a lot venture to community college in in Southern California since none of the NorCal schools have it. Am I somewhat correct on that?
1: Uh,
0: Yeah, yes. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the last few years, there's been some programs starting to be added, especially at the NAIA level. Um, So we're starting to have players go to, like, Menlo College, Masters College, UC Merced. So the opportunities have grown a little bit for our guys. Um, we've got some good local talent this year that will be going on next year to play at those levels. But, um, yeah, mainly uh, for a while there, you had to go down to SoCal if you were going to try to continue to play.
1: Yeah. I have heard that there is big push oh. in NorCal for 3C2A. Oh. Soon.
2: That'll that'll open up a lot for the, the men.
1: Yes. So that's a good positive. Yeah,
2: because everything's – the closest mm-hmm. one is, well, Santa Barbara Ventura.
1: Yeah. They just right. have to have – multiple schools agree because if one all they have to do is go down to socal every weekend
0: yeah right correct. Oh, yeah. College back, of the back in my day back in my day there was some norcal uh jc teams that oh. that mm-hmm. had teams but uh early 90s that all kind of fell apart
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean we have outstanding uh men that are at our college right now that ask me probably every semester yeah when are we getting a team Said, oh, you got to go knock on that door down the yeah. hall over. We got to start as out. a club, Richie. Yeah. You,
1: you want to do Fresno City Club Boys or Men?
0: I, I think I, I might be able to fire in one or two hours a week to do that as well.
1: But we'll start the club, sure. and then it'll transform into an actual program sooner than later. That's how Beach started. That's, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think we would immediately uh, be uh, highly competitive and. uh
2: Oh, really sure. good things yeah, together. Absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Well, your uh, tenure at Clovis High's been very successful. Uh, your boys have won a number of section championships, 5 and 01, 05, 06, 13, 19. You were the Southern California Regional Champions in Division 2 in 17 and then runner-ups of NorCal and in 18, uh, just a strong tradition. Of course, we have a very large tradition of, of great boys volleyball play in our area, uh, not just at Clovis High, but many of the surrounding schools. We look back at Bullard, Buchanan, Sanger, East, uh, Clovis West. I mean, just, just some phenomenal athletes. And I think that's what I was kind of alluding to is, like, it would be great to keep a lot of these guys in the area to play and really mm-hmm. represent our community of quality volleyball, of all the work that you guys do with the, with the fellas. So um, it's great to see. Girls... Won two section championships, which are hard to to come by in our area, in 05 and '13. And uh, I was thinking about, I'm not sure what the what what's in the water in the Clovis um, area for outside hitters, but you there's been some great outside hitters that have come through Clovis High. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the other day when I think, uh, uh, and probably even before Amanda Scott. So Amanda Scott was a two sport softball volleyball at clovis high she was she was a great outside hitter then you had you had jamie southern right
0: yeah i was the assistant with the team at that time coach napier was uh running the program at that time but yeah jamie southern was an amazing two-sport athlete just like amanda
2: yeah it was crazy the softball players were incredible and then courtney also played but she uh she was a setter i believe scott right
0: oh she, she played she played some outside for us uh we had her and jamie on the outside Chrissy Prandini was around at the time setting for us a little bit.
2: Yeah, older sister of uh, Olympian Jenna Prandini, who we'll probably talk about. And then you had uh, Jenny Mayhew come through, Brittany Pierce, Kara Mitchell, Jenna Prandini, who was, I remember watching her, and we were just talking about this before we opened up, could be a great beach player if she decided Uh, to retire from track and field. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I i think uh, if she wanted to ex- extend her athletic career she could easily trans- transfer over to the beach and be a phenomenal player
2: yeah um maddie ogus taylon ballard mckenna ogus uh currently sydney Vanek, who's going to be uh heading on to arizona and then uh, laney ballard is going to be a senior next year so i are you putting something in their drinks <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well,
0: I, I think you know you probably coach your strengths, and uh, obviously as a player, I was a little more comfortable at the outside hitter, so that might have something to do with it. But I've just been uh, very fortunate uh, to have these athletes come through and just be a part of their careers. Um, I wish I could say it was more me than them, but uh, they they've brought a lot to the table when they come to close high, and uh, we've just done our tried to do our best to help them uh, become the players they become.
2: Yeah, and I apologize if I missed anybody in the. The lineage there of outside hitters. Of course, I was telling Kelsey, I think we need to do like uh, all decade teams based mm-hmm. on positions because I was, it started me getting to thinking about many of your rosters from the past with the Schilling sisters, um, you know, in the middle, uh, when you had Mallory Crenshaw. Like, and then it just, my head started going like, oh, these great players from Clovis West, CVC. I'm like, we got to do like all decade teams positionally. I think it'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah. yeah oh yeah
0: there's been a ton of talent that's come out of our section and uh you know chloe ferrari out of buchanan had an amazing uh, career in college at usd
2: oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, hey we that's what i said we can do a full podcast just, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah if you think about yeah like ferrari but before her you know becky potter who was a great pin hitter but she was in the middle they had uh aaron bragg brianna clark um you know from there i mean Clubs West had Kristen Pierpont back in the day. Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> but put back in the day. There, <laughs> Lauren Albertson played there. Mackenzie Jacobson in the middles. I'm just talking middles, you know. Okay. And yeah. even, you know, hitting some of the other ones. Misha Weimer was great at Sanger. Uh, you had uh, Lindsey Calvin at uh, Central Valley Christian. Ashley Van Groot. I mean, yeah, we could, yeah. Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Anderson from Lemoore was great. Yeah, there's there, the list goes on. So we'll have a whole nother. Podcast. Another episode. Two
1: episodes. That could take up a week for you, I think. Yeah. Each position an episode.
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, coach, you're involved in so many different areas in the sport within the community. so what was your hook to volleyball?
0: You know, I was I was fortunate enough to get to start playing at junior high. Uh Clark, the intermediate school that feeds into Clovis High, had volleyball. And at the time, uh, I was kind of playing a little baseball, but then I saw this sport and I thought, let me give this a try. And, uh, I don't know. I just kind of immediately fell for it. It was, uh, the athleticism that goes with the game, the, the quickness of the game, it just kind of fit the kind of stuff I loved as an athlete. Um, and so I just kind of started to come obsessed with it and, and learning the game and, um, was fortunate enough to have some good mentors along the way. And, uh, it was, it was just between the indoor game and I got to start playing beach in high school and uh, back in the Quigley Park days, the old Fresno beach scene. Um, it just kind of was a sport that just there was a lot of passion with it, so it was uh, it was an easy to get hooked on.
1: Yeah. So switching your mindset to coaching now, what are some of your joys of coaching?
0: Well, I've I've always felt very fortunate that uh, I almost felt like I didn't have to grow up. I got to be a a kid my whole life uh, being around sports. Um, Just I always felt like it gave me a lot when I was growing up and I wanted to give back to it as far as uh, helping give kids opportunities to be a part of something and grow in a sport that they love as well. And, um, you know, I just when I was in college, like most of us, I think we kind of walk on as an assistant coach and. Started getting a little taste of that a little bit and uh for me it was a path I decided I wanted to do for my for my career and um i I've never looked back and regretted that at all it's it's been a blast
2: so, I, yeah I often tell uh young adults make your passion your career because you're gonna do it a long time <laughs>
1: <right>? <laughs> yeah, i love that, that you, helps yeah yeah i love yeah. that you stated that it's like you kind of never grew, grew up like Coach, yesterday we were at the beach and you look over and you're like, this is our job. I'm like, you're right. Why Why would anyone want to do anything else? Like we're sitting on the beach coaching volleyball or like we're going to a tournament, not sitting at a desk from nine to five. So I love that you had that comparison because I've never thought of it in that way. We kind of are surrounded by sports, what we grew up in.
2: Yeah, we're all pretty yep. lucky.
0: Yeah, and, and as I, unfortunately, getting a little older, I, I in my mind, I think my age, I used to think it was old, but I think being around sports, I still feel young. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, you know, get, especially coaching the high school kids, um, there's just a level of, uh, of fun and passion you get to continue having. And, um, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, there's a lot of times I say I get paid for this and I can't believe it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
2: You've definitely probably seen an evolution of, like, different decades of of athletes and, and um, you know, young people and how they've approached the game. And like you said, like, it's a kid nowadays was way different than a kid in the 90s in terms of mm-hmm. what they found humorous or the music that they listened to or, you know, <laughs> right?
0: Right, right. Well, well I mean, um, just the style of the game has changed so much. Sure. I, I came across the, uh, a video the other day of it, old professional game that I think Wilt Chamberlain was playing in you professional we, league yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: we would think today that was like a rec volleyball t- uh, League <laughs> because <laughs> the game was just played so differently but um the athletes today they're just amazing uh the how quick they are the power they bring to the game the speed their jumping ability I mean uh Sydney Vanek for us she touches about ten five, which is phenomenal, um, and just
2: the, the pace we play at now is so much faster. Absolutely, yeah. You know, being uh, both the uh, on the on the men's side and the women's side, what uh, what do you do? You see much different in your teaching or training um, on both of of the sport. I mean, obviously, there's differences, just like indoors different than beach. But um, do you see Where you're spending more time training certain things in the men's game over the women's
0: yeah for sure i think uh the female athletes are a little more detail oriented so you gotta in the explanation of things you got to get a little deeper into it um you know with the guys sometimes uh, they're just more of just see ball go hit ball kind of mentality um where there's a lot more, uh, explaining going on because they, they really want to dive into, you know, the meaning behind things in the sport. But, you know, I've always tried to have this mentality as far as we're training athletes, regardless, uh, female or male. And, um, so I, you know, I, I find I've been fortunate enough that our teams work extremely hard regardless. And, um, they put a lot of time and effort into it and commitment into it. And, uh, and i think that's you've seen that in the game the way it's played now you know the the girls game back in the day was more of a rally based kind of game ball control and now there's a lot more power brought into the game and offense into the game and you got to terminate now to win more than just win rallies kind of thing and so i think the game uh has kind of gotten closer together as far as the two male and female games they're a lot more similar i think volleyball has done a great job with the way they set the net heights and stuff like that to allow that to happen, um, you know. But um, yeah, I think uh, you know the girls, and for the girls volleyball, you know those 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 kids are committing in fourth, fifth grade to club volleyball, and they're and they're they're putting uh, a lot of time into it from that from an early age. Where you know the boys, just because of opportunities, maybe aren't starting until junior high high school so the, the off-season time isn't quite as much just because they are they might be doing other sports too or just the uh, number of players. There's not as many players on the guys' side to create these club teams as much sometimes, but um, no, I'd say they're, the, the game is definitely a lot closer the way that they play nowadays, and um, the athletes we have, uh, regardless, are, they're, they're hungry and they, they want to work hard all the time.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I completely agree with you. I've just seen the evolution of the women's game getting closer to a power more it's more powerful than it's ever been before um, where men's, you know, o- definitely overshadowed the the women's 20 years ago with that um, play. Do you think when I watch like the men's um, international play, like do we do you think that net should go up? It it looks guy like you said guy the game has evolved and i don't know they're just like heads and armpits over the the net their rib I mean, cage over yeah. now <laughs> well, has I, there I ever been discussion not, of that of moving the i think
0: state? not not only the size of the uh the height of the net but maybe even a little bit of the size of the court i mean yeah yeah you've got at that level you got these six ten seven footers i mean their ability to cover that 30 feet of court is I mean, they're all over the place, and maybe spreading it out a little bit will open up a little bit the game a little bit because, um, yeah, that's that that game is really quick as far as if you don't get first swing killed, then it's either stuffed back at you or um, they're bringing right back and terminating real quick. So, um, yeah, I think you know sometimes I look at the net and I'm like, this is the same net we're playing on with freshmen and sophomore right. players. And these men at that level are playing on the same net, so it would be interesting. I think, yeah, like you said, they're uh, how high they're playing above the net. They're literally above the net. Um, it would be interesting to see the the change in the game if they raise that net up, probably at least to eight six. I would assume you know, it's at eight foot now.
2: I mean, it would be. I watch it and I think like the men's libero should be like in a hockey jersey with a helmet. (laughs) Those guys are like have to be a little bit on the on the crazy side.
1: Yeah. Like to take some balls. The angle that ball is coming at because they're so high over the net too. Well (laughs) and to counter that block
0: now. You've seen the men's game uh incorporate the three meter attack so much more now just to get away from the block a little bit and um so that's, that's kind of how they've countered the big block that's in front of them now. But yeah, those liberos, I I know they do wear the different color jerseys for scorekeeping purposes, but I think it's more for targets. <laughs> <laughs> so the hitters can pick them out and, and ripple ball on them. But uh, yeah, no, those guys uh, those guys are a little special, maybe a little something loose in the head to take <laughs> yeah. to take their shots They've been then. hit but, a
1: little too many
0: times. Yeah, yeah.
1: right. <laughs> oh, man. So by that stage, they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how you read and react that quickly to something. It's it's amazing, actually.
0: It's uh, I, I mean I can only imagine being a, a baseball player at hundred and three mile per hour fastball coming in at you as a batter. That's probably what it feels like as a, a libero. Yeah,
1: that's a great
2: analogy. You know? for sure. Yeah.
1: Aiming at you though, not in a yeah. glove. <laughs> yeah. On a strike. You, zone. Yeah, you are, you the, are the Yeah, you are the strike zone. That is what they're yeah. going for. <laughs> yeah, Coach. Let's talk about your
2: your uh, management of multiple programs. How do you juggle and manage um, your boys, your girls, your off season training, uh, your club, potentially uh, girls beach in a few years? How do you do it? <laughs>
0: well, first I uh i'm very fortunate i'm married to an amazing woman my wife ashley that actually allows me to do all this because uh you know we have four kids ourselves, and um that puts a big stress on the family but she's been amazing and super supportive so that's number one how i'm able to do this um and then i have to have great uh assistant coaches around me that um i can't be at all places at all times so during the girls season i rely pretty heavily on my uh, boys assistant coaches to do a lot for uh, for me and running our club and, and practices and then um same thing in the girls season we we have our club um that i just basically direct i used to coach, try to coach some teams when i was a little younger i had that energy to go coach boys practice and then stay after and coach girls club but I don't quite have that same energy anymore. So uh, I've been very fortunate to have some really good uh, assistant coaches that have been loyal to the program and, and really helped me with that. And, um, and then at school, we've been fortunate enough now where we can use, uh, we have a PE class where we have our volleyball players in there, and that's when we do a lot of our uh, conditioning, strength training time. Okay. So that helps being able to get that in during school time.
2: Yeah, I uh, have. You had well. I think one of the joys that I had when I was uh, coaching high school was to have staff members that uh, went on to become head coaches themselves. Um, have you had some on your staff that have done that? You've been mentored, and they went on to do. I think the, uh, Brittany Pierce was one, right? She uh,
0: Br- after Brittany, she, uh, she didn't come back and coach with us. Unfortunately, okay. she kind of she was up president pacific for a little bit coaching there um and then went out to kingsburg and um things like that um i mean we've had a a bunch uh, we've got players in the past montana Kaufman now montana low she's uh, in the coaching world out there Uh, she helps us with our club she's out at singer west now the new singer high school she's actually coaching the boys and helping with the girls there she's coaching she's doing the same craziness i do she's coaching two seasons plus club um, and then, uh, the, the guys I have coach with me are all former players now. And, um, so, um, we just have a good thing going and a lot of them end up staying with us for a while, or usually when they leave, they go become adults and get real jobs. But, um, <laughs> I, I've been fortunate to have a lot of, a lot of great players come back and help us out over the years.
2: Well, I will say we, we, I sprinkled the infield, as I use that term frequently, with some of uh, some outstanding uh, girls that you've coached. Can you maybe mention, and I, maybe you don't because you don't want to leave anybody out, but maybe some of the, the boys and, and uh, men that you have coached that have excelled during their high school time with you and maybe went on?
0: Well, I'm sure they're all waiting to hear this because I'm always getting <laughs> constantly ask this. Who's, who's been this and that? But uh, no, I, I've been, like I said, really blessed to coach a lot of great players. Um, when I first came in, uh, Brad Kimnington was an outside hitter for us at the time. Uh, phenomenal athlete. Um, but we've had Aaron Dodd. He was our our setter uh, on our first Valley Championship team in 2001. He was a 6'8 setter for us. And um, probably the most—I I mean, I even tell—I told tell our guys he's probably the most dominant high school player I've ever seen play the game um, as a setter. But we that year we only had one middle, so we actually ran him out of as a middle blocker, but would set in our in our uh, offense. So, um, but it worked out when he's six eight, he he didn't have to set too much because he would usually block the ball from coming over. But um, Aaron Dodd, who went on to play at UCLA. Um, we've had Nate Stott who's part of that 05-06 he went on to Rutgers to play um, my son Trey Lake, Kosh Dothar, they both played at Menlo when they first started their program we have Chase Dorito there right now finishing his career over at Menlo Brent Hurlica was uh, a great outside for us in that 05 team um, Michael Chan who was a Combo player, setter, um, outside hitter for us. Mike McNeil, another great outside hitter, who's now yeah. coaching at Fresno Pacific. That's right. Um, yeah, he he was on those championship teams. Him and his brother Jeff, who was a libero for us. Um, so we just had we've had tons of guys over the years. Rohit Paul, who went on to play at Cal Baptist, was a part of that thirteen team. Um, phenomenal player and most importantly probably one of the best leaders we've ever had. Uh a guy that was totally committed to his teammates and um Jacob Shelton who went on and played at UC Merced. Uh, now now the pressure's getting on me I now. I know. But, See, that's what happened. I probably
2: should have told you the to judge
0: No, but down. uh I mean there's been uh that 05, 6 group was one of the most competitive i tell people stories about that team all the time one of the most competitive group of guys we've ever had that was the group no matter what they were competing if it was go fish volleyball uh we had a game we created called two ball um these guys that group was so much fun because they just loved competing uh on road trips in the car we would be playing cards as we're driving because they just constantly wanted to compete ping pong um uh, stuff like that and we've had some great liberos over the years uh ridge riley lee uh, Chang Lee. we've had some uh, really outstanding liberos over the years that especially in our championship seasons uh that have, have been really good for us max ogus i mean talked about mckenna and maddie earlier mm-hmm. their little brother max who is uh, probably one of the best hitters I've ever seen. That guy's still, he's coaching with us now. Um, So it's been fun to get him back in our program. Um, But uh, yeah, we've just, now that I start talking about it, I've really been fortunate to have a lot of great kids come through our program. And uh, it's been a blessing for me for sure.
2: Yeah, no, we probably could like I said, right. I I just mentioned some of the outside hitters on your team. We didn't get into specifics with the great, you know, DSs and setters for the girls and in middles, but um did you did you see a big transition from a difference in the men's game with the libero as a, like the women's game, I know it changed a lot. Did you see a lot of growth with when that was added um, in the men's game?
0: Uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, you know, anytime you can have that consistent ball control on the court for you at all times, uh, it's huge. And um I think in those years that we had the the really big runs, uh libero play was key for us. Um and um uh, I think that position has really you know, we're always trying to create transition opportunities and, and if it wasn't for that libero position, I think you wouldn't get that consistently and and um uh, so I, I think for sure that that position has really helped the game um, and and created more opportunities to get swings and stuff like that.
2: Let me ask you about Aaron Dodd. You said he was 6'8". Was he – how tall was he? You know, I think as, you know, boys grow a little bit later. You know, was he like a 5'9 a freshman and then summer of sophomore <laughs> year he was 6'5"? Or was he tall? Uh, no, with?
0: he was probably about six three. his freshman year, probably. Oh, he came in big to us. Wow. wow. Um, you know, his older brother had played middle for us a couple years before that, so we kind of knew he was coming up in our program. I that's actually, the one thing.
2: Yeah, I had uh, the, the older Dodd, the one year been- that – yeah, yeah, Dustin. Um, well, we, we had a pretty good team that year with Chris Peterson. Actually, it was a very good team, but I digress from that. To, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think Dan Berg. Was Dan Bergdahl a part of that yes, team, too? Yes, he
2: was. It was yeah, a good unfortunately, team.
0: Unfortunately, when, when I got there, he had a shoulder injury, so we didn't get him that much. Oh, but um,
2: I probably overworked him. I don't
0: know. Yeah, thanks.
2: We had Gophers. Gophers was on that team, too. I forget his first
0: name. Yeah, thank Kim. I mean, the yeah. great setter. of his oh, he was, Yeah,
2: he was excellent. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um. No, it's uh, great. And, you know, we're kind of talking about the the boys' season. And um, do you have any, uh, maybe some teachable moments that you have experienced in your college, uh, college, your high school? And club. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Um, Time as a coach that maybe uh, you could share with some of our younger listeners. Maybe a story that was a positive from a team's past or maybe something that the team did that they maybe had a hiccup with. (laughs)
0: well we've had a few of those um you know i I think the one thing i always try to teach our players is you know especially in the game of volleyball that's what's unique about it and i I try to tell players this this is why the mental game is so big in volleyball teams score on your mistake and Mm -hmm. unlike other sports You know, in basketball, you might make a mistake. There's not immediate points put up on the board for that. Or, you know, football might turn it over, but there's no immediate points. But in the game of volleyball, you know, there's points put up on the board. So the ability to um, move on from that mistake, to just own it and then move forward and and quickly get past that is huge in the game of volleyball because you don't want to give away runs, uh, give that momentum to the other teams. But we've had... um, I think some of the special moments, uh, our 0-1 team, actually, which went 41-3 and that year. We went 3-3 and in our first tournament and won 38 straight. But we get to the Valley Championship game against Bullard, and uh, we've beaten a few times that year. And all of a sudden, uh, we're losing in the Valley Championship game. We're down 0-2. Um, and I remember going into the uh, in the north gym there at close high. We have the wrestling room right next door. We go in there and we're having a little mid-match talk. Matt Mercer, who was our big time middle outside hitter, uh, he's hyperventilating over there. Like we didn't even think he's gonna come out of the room. But in that moment, uh, this is where Aaron Dodd was really special. He took control and and basically said, Get on my shoulder, guys, we're gonna win this thing. And uh, end up winning that match in five, 15, 12 in game five. But to see those guys, uh, it's what you teach, it's why you push them, it's why you train so hard. And so when you get in those moments, you fall back on your foundation. And to see them fall back and realize the time and, and the work they put into that was what was going to get them through the next three games. And to see them come through um, and do that was amazing. And our 05 team was, was very similar to that, too um, in a situation where we were down in Valley finals. And this time it was outside the other side of the gym, out, out, outside. And, uh, Brent Hurlick, and Tegan Kroll and those guys just kind of said, this is enough. This is what we haven't been working for all year. Let's get it together. And so those are some of the moments that really stand out. My head is, is how you see kids respond to moments. And, uh, and in some of the toughest moments, Um, that's what you, you know, it's probably my most, uh, memorable things as a coach is just seeing players when the goings getting tough, get tougher and and find ways to to do it together and and pull it out. So those are some of the, I would always say, um, you know, confidence comes from training. If you want to be super confident, work super hard and, uh, you know, when when things are not going right, fall back to your fundamentals, and that's how you get back in, in, into a game, into a match.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure as a coach, you've had uh, you've been a great mentor and influence in in your player's life just by using that as a mindset. Do you have any um, coaching mentors or people that have influenced doing you your coaching career that you can share with us?
0: Well, uh, honestly, the, the coach at, at Pierce, uh, Ken Stanley, who we called Big Daddy, uh, <laughs> he was a big influence. I, I was fortunate enough, uh, my after my senior year in high school, I got to go uh, train at Colorado Springs uh, at the, with the youth national team. And he was my coach there. And so that was the connection with Pierce. But just um, the way he coached us at Pierce, he, he had a huge influence on me wanting to get into coaching and uh i didn't quite coach the same style as him because he was very didn't talk a lot but when he talked you listen kind of thing um but i was known to be a little bit of a hothead back then and the way he handled me kind of i learned a lot from that um he uh when i would have a moment he wouldn't explode at me he would just kind of call me say, you know why don't you go have a seat over there it didn't really impacted me because it was like wow like uh but he was a great mentor to me and and he was another the reason we call him big daddy like he, you know he just took everybody in and um treated us like family um so i think for me that was that's always been a big thing for me we have the kids over at our house every wednesday night we, we have dinner at our house and um so creating that family atmosphere was big um as far as the volleyball, other coaches in the volleyball world, I kind of watch a lot and, and try to take things from. Barb uh the old Pepperdine coach, um, Russ Rose at Penn State. Um, those are guys that I've just kind of watched a lot um, and try to learn from. And um, But there's a lot of great coaches out there now, a lot of good young coaches coming up. But um, I feel like I'm always trying to learn. Uh, even when I come to your guys' city matches, I'm watching you guys and and seeing your coaching styles and what I can take from it. But um, and then I, my high school basketball coach, Coach Bianc Lana, was a super influence on me as an athlete. Uh, probably one of the most prepared coaches I've ever played for. That guy used to tell stories. He would um, at home have a like a little bucket of uh, timeout situations, and he would hit the clock, pull out one and he you know would go through that timeout scenario and just so as a player, he always had confidence when we would go into a situation like that, whatever he was telling us to do, we need to execute because we believed that he was prepared for that moment and uh he instilled that confidence in us. So those have been some of the big influences in my my career as far as as a player and then taking that into my own coaching career.
2: Coach Al Biancolana, even though he's been you know out of the out of the area for many many years, he was an outstanding uh, coach, basketball coach in our area. And side note, somewhat how I met my husband was through Al Biancolana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, that's a story also for another day. But uh, yeah. no, he was outstanding. He was great. Yeah, coach yeah.
0: Coach. I mean, I I unfortunately uh, only got my senior year. He came in. Um, um. And I don't know if he had been there all four years. I might've chosen basketball as my, as my sport because I I loved playing for that guy. Uh, And he actually, when he came in, he tried to run all the seniors out too. That's the funny thing, but I was so hard headed. I took it as a challenge and, uh, and I think it made me a better player for that. But uh, no, I was, I was glad I got that one year with him and um, yeah, he he definitely made an impact on me as a young athlete.
2: Coach, we appreciate you uh, giving us a little, uh, backstory and being a part of our volleyball community we're gonna in uh, our second uh, part of this uh, interview talk about a little bit of the preview of the boys season but to to kind of finish up this episode we always like to finish off with a segment we call what was on your warm-up playlist and uh we'd love to hear what you have to share with us
0: well me and my teammate uh who i call tall paul paul severance at <laughs> uh, pierce uh we rode to every game together and uh we literally would play the same songs in the same order every time
2: superstition and uh
0: superstition somehow it worked we won a state championship that year so i I believe that was part of it but um uh one of the songs that was definitely on that list was uh guns and roses had just become big not to date myself but welcome to the jungle was definitely a go-to every time and uh we'd be the guys driving down the road banging our heads you know in the car but uh It was just, I mean, like you talked about superstitions, like it just got your mind in the right uh, place to go out and compete. And that music played a big part for us in that. And uh, we had some Beastie Boys on there as well. Uh, We kind of had a variety of different kinds of songs, but the songs that just kind of got tapped into our brain and got us wired and ready to go for that night in our match. But Welcome to the Jungle was a big-time go-to for us.